Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everybody. I'm Roman Pashka. Welcome to a new podcast uh, interview for New Books in East Asian Studies, which is part of the New Books uh, Network. Um, my interlocutor today is uh, Justina Kasha, who is actually the author of Hermeneutics of Evil in the Works of Endo Shusaku, Between Reading and Writing, a book that was published in 2016. Hello, Justina. Hello. Um, welcome to um, our um, to the uh, New Books in East Asian Studies uh, podcast. Um, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, let me start with a question about yourself. How um, did you become involved, interested in Japanese studies? Oh, uh, it's a very long Long story, actually, because if I were to say honestly and say everything, how I became interested in Japanese studies, I would have to go back to my childhood, which means that I actually, I lived in Japan as a child. So it was my almost obvious uh, uh, path uh, later to choose Japanese studies as my as my profession. So uh, I did my MA studies in um, uh, back in Poland uh, at the university at Adam Mickiewicz University in Poznan. Uh, then I did my PhD univers- at University of Leeds in the United Kingdom, and currently I'm affiliated with Department of Japanese Studies at uh, Nicholas Copernicus. Copernicus University, which is located in Torun in Poland. So um, there's definitely this element of personal uh, or, or something that uh, is linked to my childhood that um, I used to live in Japan and, and uh, Japanese was my first language. Uh, but when it comes to this particular project, uh, as we spoke before, um, it was, again, uh, quite a long uh, journey to, 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 to become interested in Endo Shusaku and especially his essays, which were the uh, main uh, source of my uh, inspiration and also the analysis of for my first my PhD and then for my uh, for my book. Uh, of course, I had read Endo Shusaku's novels during my master degrees uh, at the university back in Poland, because most of his novels are, they have been translated into major languages, so they were also available in Polish. But when I I was thinking about, so as what sort of text shall I um, choose to, 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 to analyze Endo Shusaku uh, and to, to, to discuss in my PhD, I realized that actually there's a huge body of work which had never been explored properly. And even in Japan, they have been treated a little bit as the background for the novels. But let me go back to the, your, once again, to your question, why Endo Shusaku? Well, I have always been interested in this cross-cultural uh, aspects of uh, within Japanese studies. My MA thesis was actually about Japanese classical theater, where I already did uh, also some parts about the influence of Japanese no theater into contemporary Western theater. So starting for, from Paul Claudel to uh, Peter Brooks, for example. So this comparative perspective and this this uh, cross-cultural aspect was was something that uh, was has been very very important in my approach within Japanese studies. And for the sake of my MA dissertation, I also did some translations of of. Uh, text written in in Japanese uh, about the uh, actor training and how it also uh, formed the vision of theater in a Western, a 20th century Western theater. So again, when I came, uh, when I uh, started thinking seriously about my PhD, uh, of course, Endo Shusaku was a perfect uh, choice because of this uh, constantly, um, uh, he's 
as a writer, being torn between two uh, worlds. One is the world of Jap, Jap uh, his, his, his indigenous his, his, uh, country as Japan, and of course the West that uh, embodied for him this, uh, this adopted faith, which was Christianity. But at the same time, I realized that these words, uh, works, uh, which analyze this, the problem of how to reconcile his adopted faith, especially uh, treating him as a conventional, treating him as as Japanese Christian writers, writer, this most of this work has already been done when it comes to research. So I wanted to um, do something different, and that's why I turned into to, 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 to his essays and critical works, uh, treating uh, novels uh, a little bit in the background. So uh, that's how I uh, came into to this project at the start of my PhD. So I started with the translation of selected uh, essays. Uh, from the very beginning, one of the first essays, 1947, when uh, one of the first essay Endo wrote until these, uh, of course, I have only five essays, Endo wrote uh, a huge amount of text, critical uh, works, uh, and there's also the problem how to define them, how to classify them. Um I don't know if it answers your question part. Yes, it was a very long, long story. (laughs) Um, We have to tell our uh, listeners that uh, the book, um, which is uh, published by Peter Lang, has two um, versions. Actually, one of one of them is the ebook version, and the other one is the print uh, version. And the print version. Uh, has an appendix uh, where you can actually find the uh, English translation of the five uh, essays. Right? Yes, they that's that's true. Yes, that's true. Because of these uh, copyright issues, I couldn't uh, I couldn't um, uh, include uh, my translations of Endo's essays uh, into the ebook. But a paper version has, and with the explanation of the process of translation itself. So definitely, when somebody if somebody is interested in reading entire text, because of course I chose uh, uh, my selection was um, uh, the reason why I selected uh, these five. Uh, essays was because of the topic which interested me. It was the topic of the evil. Uh, whereas of course there are other uh, motives or themes that appear in these essays as well. So if somebody is interested in reading and as also the structure, uh, to what extent they could be treated as a non-fiction, that's something we could also discuss because even the Japanese researchers have a problem with uh, making them specifically as hyoro or essay. There are lots of autobiographical elements and uh, fictional elements that Endo puts. So this is definitely something very challenging for the researchers and translator as well. There are parts of translations Endo does from French and and incorporates into his his essays. Okay. Um, Since we mentioned the appendix uh, to the book, um, I was wondering if you could uh, tell us a little bit more about the structure of the um, of the whole book. So a book is divided. uh, We are talking about this paper book. So uh, it has a preface where I explain uh, why evil. Before I go into deeper methodology behind and this theoretical framework, so we have a preface uh, where I explain. why evil and what sort of challenges it can um, it can rise for for thought for contemporary thought? How it was also it had been uh, illustrated or uh, what sort of attempts the writers. Uh, in it, especially in Western literature, try to illustrate and depict the problem of evil. So this is a very, very general introduction to the topic. And then we also have an uh, introduction where I explain the reason behind, the rationale behind the in- entire project. So just let me let me explain that the whole project, starting from my PhD and this book, was an attempt. There are two main objectives. So one was to... Uh, 
treat endoshusaku as a, uh, as a case study for the applicability of uh, of Porica's hermeneutical uh, approach uh, Porica's hermeneutics because that's the main methodology I uh, I apply I chose selected categories from Porica's hermeneutics like for example symbol cogito uh, otherness distance distanciation also appropriation which are linked uh, which is linked with with the notion of distanciation. So one thing is to what extent we can apply this uh, this this methodology to the uh, to the text of Japanese literature, but the, probably the main main important um, objective uh, was to recreate or to. Um, uh, follow the path traveled by the writer himself in a way how to understand evil. And evil is always spoken metaphorically, symbolically. There's no direct uh, language of evil. This is also what Paul Ricoeur says. Uh, that's why uh, what I did, the, 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 the choice uh, I made with these essays, uh, I think they help us to understand how Endo, as a writer, but also as a reader, uh, attempts to follow, uh, to, to, to understand. So what what is evil? Uh, and that's why this is this, this very important uh, subtitle between reading and writing, because we start with the essays where Endo is not a writer uh, yet. The first essay I translated was in Japanese, uh, dilemmas of Catholic writers. Of course, we never know if it's a plural or singular, but from, 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 uh, from the content of the essay, we know that it's, it's, uh, it's a plural. So Endo is still a student of French literature, and he discovers Evier as something seminal, as, as something that dominates uh, Western literature, uh, writers he, he reads, not only Christian writers like François Mauriac, Georges Bernanos, Julien Green, um, but also writers like uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Uh, he mentions also uh, T.S. Eliot. And he, he tries to understand, he tries to, he asks a question, so what exactly is evil? How literature can, uh, can, uh, depict evil. Uh, so that was that was uh, the very first essay. But going back to, to more details about the book, then I have a chapter one where I explain uh, Paul Rico's hermeneutics of evil. This is very important because the book is, as I said, I don't have a background in philosophy. First of all, my background is in Japanese studies. This is a work, uh, this is a PhD in Japanese literature. But I found it very important to explain why, why Paul Rico's hermeneutics, not not other hermeneutics we have, or not other uh, theories that would explain um, the way we uh, conceptualize, for example, evil in critical thought, in 20th century thought. So this gives us, uh, I try to be very clear and very uh, make it very uh, transparent, especially for uh, readers who are not familiar with Paul Ricoeur. So uh, this methodology, um, uh, its applicability to Endo's text. And then we have chapter two, where I talk about Endo Shusaku's and his encounter with the West, because this is a very important part where I explain, so this moment when Endo discovers the problem of evil within texts, uh, texts he's reading, and how they are translated into and transformed into his own writing, and whether he succeeds in uh, proper understanding and translating the notion of evil, which is not only Aku, it, it is also the notion of Satan, for example, Akuma, uh, which as I also show in my in my um, analysis of, of the essay, uh, it's very it's something that Endo struggles with uh, to understand whether to explain to his readers, Japanese readers, whether Akuma is the same as Le Diable, David, etc. Then we have um, chapter three, from critic to novelist towards the problem of evil. And this part depicts 
and um, uh, explores very first phase of Endo's interest in the problem of evil. So these are very early texts from late 1940s until mid-1950s. So it's like coming into being of Endo's uh, literature. Uh, this is between his, him graduating KU University, so uh, French literature. When he goes in 1950, he travels to France. Uh, he's one of the first Japanese uh, students who's allowed, who's uh, given this opportunity to go uh to study um, uh, abroad, and and uh, he was based first in Lyon, then in Paris, uh, and uh, in 1955. So I, I use this sort of periodization based on the essays I selected. Uh, of course, they could be another way of uh, making these divisions. And in uh, this section finishes with the. Uh, with the uh, essay, a very interesting essay, Following the Shadow of uh, Therese, uh, which is uh, sort of a travel log or the diary and the kept uh, when he went to a uh, southwest corner of France called Land, uh, following the shadow of his beloved, uh, probably novel, uh, the character from his beloved novel, Therese des Courriers by, uh, by Francois Mauriac. Um, and then we have, uh, and in this section, I also have a um, chapter about Marquise de Sade, who was, uh, who was another uh, figure that inspired and not only Western writers, mainly Francois Mauriac, uh, to, to whom Endo returns uh, also in his one of his later essays I analyze and discuss, but also a uh, um, figure of Marquise de Sade. Uh, this was uh, this was very interesting to see about how Endo tries to. Um, discuss or or explore. So, what is human's uh, tendency? So, what is human capable of? When doing evil, so that was that's why he used this uh, figure of of Marquis de Sade. And in chapter four, we have the writer's cogito, evil as the central problem. So we have here essays written from 1960s. It starts from the essay notes uh, on the notes on Satan uh, from 1968, where Endo is already an established writer. He already has uh, his novels. He's already very. Um, conscious when it comes to his own workshop and what he's writing about. Um, and this is very important for me, this category of uh, cogito. I think from the start, not only from, from this chapter, but uh, from the start, and it's determined by the methodology. So what happens with the writer's subjectivity? How does it affect on various levels? Because the um, uh, uniqueness of Porica's hermeneutics when dealing with the problem is, uh, of evil is definitely to uh, this, this, this attempt to situate the question of evil in a real-life um, foundation of our understanding. So uh, Porica uses this this term uh, cogito. Uh, of course, it's not like in Descartes, cogito is very conscious, it's very aware of his, it's, it's not like a, a, a cogito ergo sum. No, it's already a wounded cogito, but it's the cogito, it's the subject that constantly is mediated through the text. It's reconstructed through the otherness of the text. And this is what happens in Endo's case as well. He's reconstructing, he's trying to make, um, make up his own self, because he calls himself very often Ihojin, the other, the other towards his own culture, Japan, but also the other towards the Western world. So he's, uh, we would say, this broken, wounded Kogito. But at the same time, he's the Kogito that asks uh, this question, so what is evil? And we could ask, so who is the one who asked this question? And it's very important also from literary studies that I'm trying to restore a position for the writer. The writer is not dead in my approach. And let me just uh, finish with this chapter five, which is the enigma of suffering in Deep River. This is a slightly, um, it's, it's of course not about essays anymore, but I try to make a link between Essays and novel, and in novel, uh, this this is the last novel um, 
considered as the major uh, last uh, novel um, and published 1993, uh, Fukai Kawa. Um, and here we actually don't have the problem of evil anymore. It's more like the problem of suffering, uh, which is the main theme of the novel. But what I tried to do was also to make the link between this being a reader, which was the main topic, the main uh, issue within his essays, and him being the writer. So what happens with to what extent these questions he asked in his essays, to what extent they are recur- recurring themes uh, or they are repeated or are they gathered uh, in a way in his novel? And I chose, of course, I deliberately chose his very last novel. And then we have conclusions. But for those listeners or readers who would be interested in reading the, the paper book, of course, I um, I included a glossary of imaginary of evil. So I selected these concepts, words, terms uh, from original, so from, from Japanese texts, and selected and uh, divided in sections, for example, where and associates evil with nature, which is a very Japanese way of approaching evil or translating evil. Then we have very important um, uh, so, sort of um, the way the, the way Endo um, tries to conceptualize evil, linking with the silence. Uh, this is again something that might be lost in translation when you just uh, read the text translated. So I tried to, to try what I tried to do in this glossary was also to um, uh, select these terms he endo uses. Uh, why is it uh, important to associate with the concepts of silence? Um, uh, uh, not being able to speak about evil, it appears in in in, in his essays, uh, and then we have translations, which is the uh, which is the last part of the book. So that's that's in a very short. Sorry, I kept you quite uh, long. Yes, with this section. Yeah. Okay, um, going back to the yeah. uh, the first uh, yeah. part of the book, the the preface and the uh, introduction, where you also clarify yes. your approach, your, yes. your your stance, uh, your approach to this uh, research. Um, you you talk about the dominant approach uh, in when it comes yes. to studying <clears throat> Endo Shusaku's work, and um, you you state that this dominant approach is to focus only on his fiction, to um, analyze his yes. his novels. Um, but your point is that his non-fiction writings are just as important and um, that his fiction and non-fiction actually complement uh, each, each other. other. Yes, definitely. That was uh, that's something. When I started my project, my PhD, I think I was... Uh, um, Initially, I wanted to work on novels as well, but then a uh, very important part of my uh, of my research was done in Japan, where I could uh, also meet uh, leading scholars, present day scholars uh, on Endo Shusaku. There's also Shusaku Kurabu, uh, which is uh, like uh, the group of uh, researchers. They organize uh, various events, lecture series. And then I realized what was very important that uh, what has been, especially in in, in the West, what has been neglected was this body of work, which is non-fictional texts. What is important to remember that non-fictional texts have been uh, published in Japan in uh, three separate volumes. So you can only you can also uh, imagine how big these these texts are. And these still actually we can discuss as I mentioned before that uh, we can uh, speculate to what extent they are treated as uh, non-fiction, purely non-fiction. Uh, but that's a discussion, of course, we could we could have later. Um, so when I was in Japan uh, doing as a part of my PhD doing my research here actually at Sofia University, um, I realized that what would definitely make my own research 
attractive and contribute to the existing uh, scholarship would be to focus on essays and critical texts and make them also available and 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 um, and uh, accessible for uh, non-Japanese readers. That's why I started translating them. And actually, most of these ideas uh, I had when I was analyzing with the use of Porica's methodology came out as the result of my of my translation, so translation was a very very important part if in this process. Um, also, there's another text which uh, actually appears in my in my book, which is um, uh, Sakkanoniki, Writer's Diary, uh, which which I quote in in many parts. Uh, this is also a very important uh, source for me, which was. It's it's a diary and kept in 1950s when he was when he was uh, in France. So again, this is uh, the text that actually um, uh, was important source for me to to see how he uh, well this 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 couple of years and spent in France. What sort of text he read, how he translated them because he also made his translations. Uh, it's it's interesting to see France through 1950s France through Japanese uh, students' eyes. So that was also another text that I tried to also make more um, uh, visible in Endo Shusaku's uh, scholarship. Uh, <laughs> Since the uh, yeah. the main motif yes. uh, of your book is evil yes. and the hermeneutics of uh, yes. of evil. Um, I would like to talk a little bit more about evil. Okay, right. Um, you state uh, that your initial premise um, in discussing, uh, when discussing Endo Shusaku's approach to evil, is that we have to accept evil as an, you call it, undeniable reality of uh, human existence. It is, yeah. And um, you, you, you talk about uh, what you call a state of deadlock in contemporary thought, um, this idea that there's too much evil going on, that it becomes an overwhelming experience, and we don't really know. We, we don't know how, how to, to approach. Deal, yes. yes, and this is this is uh, the preface was actually this is uh, the main. Uh, um, objective of preface. Of course, I wasn't able to, and this wasn't even my uh, intention to give you to, to, to write, you know, from the beginning how how critical thought or literature, philosophy, critical thought uh, tried to deal with the problem of evil because that wasn't the main point in my book. I just tried to gather the main points where this deadlock happened, especially for critical thought. Uh, and as I mentioned before, uh, when I started, when I turned to Porica, I realized that yes, there's no direct language of evil. That's why we have to speak it symbolically, metaphorically. And the text and this textual um, uh, approach, uh, which is offered by by uh, Porica, and also what I noticed that what Endo does, he does this his way of dealing with the problem of evil it's a typically hermeneutical way of reading uh, of approaching the problem of evil so he is in front of the texts and and he's trying to 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 understand okay so what am i reading right now and how does this um understanding how does this dilemma uh formulate also my being uh so um, i guess um this is uh, the, the entire project was also to, as I said, place uh, or focus on Endo Shusaku's uh, subjectivity as a contemporary writer and to restore, not to diminish the writer as very uh, sometimes we do in in in, in a present day uh, literary analysis, but to give the leading voice to Endo to show how he, what sort of texts he reads, what sort of questions he asks, how he also confronts, because we have to remember that Endo is not a philosopher and even though he turns to uh, also philosophical writing, he sometimes confuses. This is an interesting point. I had a problem when I was translating also in those texts. I had a problem to 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 what extent uh, I should uh, interfere with certain quotes he gives. Um, he mentions Sartre, uh, of course, uh, Albert Camus. He mentions uh, other philosophical movements from from uh, especially from. Uh, the West, but they are not 
done adequately uh, to one one hundred percent. So anyway, but to giving his um, uh, uh, leading voice to Endo, I think that was the main objective. Even though I I uh, try to also capture so what happened until this moment in a critical thought. Is there any way we could we could deal with this, or is it always an aporia and enigma in the beginning, and aporia in its destination? Assess also porica. So you're um, on the other hand, you're actually trying to contradict uh, Barthes, and you're saying that the author is not dead. Oh, right? it's not. <laughs> yeah, I tried to definitely. That was main uh, because hermeneutic porica's hermeneutics definitely enabled me to to. Um, ac- Accentuate the figure of the writer. This is not to contradict. I, of course, I take into consideration, and this is also what I write at the end of, uh, in conclusions. Um, one of the paragraph is about this problematic figure of the writer. Uh, it's not only in, in in literature. We have also uh, in social sciences. We have also uh, generally in critical thought or in philosophy. This uh, uh, the we don't have this subject anymore. Uh, but uh, it wasn't my intention to, to contradict. It was my intention to show the possibility of restoring the writer, the figure of writer in a literary analysis. Uh, of course, the choice of the text, because these are, we assume, uh, non-fictional texts. So there is this writer, Endo Shusaku, who either he and he makes his own ala- analysis of literary texts he's reading. So this definitely the choice of the text, the genres I was working, this made me possible. But um, I also what I tried to do, and there's one section when I show that um, uh, Paul Ricoeur's philosophy uh, was in the movement in 1970s, 80s, where this uh, return of the author uh, was also visible in in critical thought. So after the death of the author were this, uh, not only Barta, but also uh, Michel Foucault questions. So what does it what does it matter who's speaking? That was uh, that what appears uh, in in his writing, or uh, what is an author? Uh, he asks. Where it's it's. I think that um, even though it's uh, in even in recursive philosophy, there's not this stable figure of cogitor subject, but still it's the cogitor subject subjectivity that uh, aims at restoring itself. So that's that's my that was my attempt to do. Yes. The um, subtitle of the book um, is actually between reading and, and writing, yeah. and this is something that you discuss in the uh, in the first chapter. You talk about um, <clears throat> reading and writing yes. as two phases. Yes, um, where reading refers to the stage where Endo actually reads and interprets um, other literary texts yeah. or philosophical texts, yeah. and then writing is the phase where these uh, reflections that emerge from yeah. reading are actually uh, transformed and um, transmitted through his own yes. process of, um, of writing. And um, in, in your interpretation, these two phases, reading and uh, writing, they're interwoven. They're Definitely, not... yes. I didn't want to make... Uh... I didn't want to make the readers uh, think that we are dealing with two different... Writers or, or two different uh, profiles of Endo Shusaku that we have a reader and then we have a writer. These are actually phases that uh, overlap. And as I said before, the the uh, choice I made when it comes to essays, I wanted to also show how certain topics, questions, uh, they return constantly. Uh, it wasn't an easy choice, but I guess I hope that it uh, much better illustrates the way of thinking of Endo. Because going back to the methodology, it's also important to to, to remember that we're talking about uh, or remembering when we read the text 
that there's always somebody behind the text. That's, that it's also to return to the question you had about uh, Roland Barthes. It's a speaking subject we are dealing with in accordance uh, to Paul Ricoeur's uh, hermeneutics, but it's also a spoken subject, we could say. So uh, that's why I, I guess uh, these two phases enabled me also to show how Endo um, not only um, uh, verifies or tries to uh, revise uh, the way he himself interpreted a certain motives, literally motives, philosophical movements, discussions he was talking about, he was discussing in his early uh, essays from late 1940s throughout 1950s, but also his own writing. Because what is very important in, um, in one of these Later texts, um, Akushi no Honno, uh, Evil, uh, the Instinct of Death, is, uh, he goes back actually to, to his own analysis of Francois Mauriac's novel, the novel he loves, uh, the most, which is Thérèse Desquerier. And he, finally he realizes that no, it wasn't evil that François Mauriac, uh, uh tries to, um, uh, tries to attempt. This is the problem of distinguishing between evil and sin, so Aku and Tsumi. So this is the example of how important it is to read these texts uh, or the entire book uh, as a one project. So definitely this is this is in order not to lose the main line of thinking and also line of thinking how Endos thought evo- um, um, evolves around the problem of evil. Yes, you, you do mention in the uh, in the uh, preface and in the introduction yeah. the fact that you're actually trying to follow yes. uh, Shoeki um, uh, Endo Shusaku's yes. line of uh, thinking yes. and to identify how it uh, develops. And um, when you when you talk because you mentioned yeah. the, his encounter with French uh, yes. culture, his encounter with the uh, with the West, yes. you talk about this in detail in um, in chapter two. Yes, uh, where you also mention um, Shusaku's understanding of the notion of the uh, of, of the self. You, you talk about the self in um, in the Shusaku, and um, you say that uh, when you analyze it from um, the perspective of uh, Ricoeur's uh, hermeneutics, uh, we're dealing here with a self that's constantly being lost and gained yes. in the process of approaching and at the same time dismissing to opposing cultural areas. And your idea is that this distance causes discomfort, but at the same time, uh, distance is the only thing that gives him the opportunity to move towards uh, greater, you call it self-understanding. Yes, self-understanding, because actually for uh, for an entire project and uh, the way I, I applied Porica's hermeneutics, otherness and distance, distanciation, could be treated as keywords, because this is what happens when endo encounters uh, the problem of evil through literature he, uh, or literally texts he reads. He confesses even in his texts that how am I supposed to understand? First, it's it's also the problem of understanding for himself as a reader. He's very aware of his being a Japanese reader. But later, um, he also has in mind his own readers. So how, how am I supposed to um, translate? How am I supposed to uh, make the problem of evil understandable for my Japanese readers? Uh, so this... I think that we shouldn't treat, and this is what what happens um, uh, in Endos texts, um, otherness, distanciation. These are actually... Uh, concepts or or uh, notions that are crucial for and uh, in the process of appropriation of the otherness of the texts. Uh, this, of course, results from from the methodology which which I explain how they work in in Porikas, uh, how they have been explored and and discussed in Porikas, and I'm trying to show this also within Endo's text. Endo uses he calls himself constantly Ihojin, 
which is uh, there's even uh, essay called Ihojin no Kuno, uh, the anguish or the suffering of of the other of an alien. This is this is the text that um, uh, one of the few essays that have been already translated also into English. And it's interesting how he. This is a very very confessional text where he and 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 the, presents the way he uh, why he calls himself alien, not only because of his uh, adopted fate. Which he uses this uh, famous um, term uh, "awana yofku," ill-fitting Western garment, but also in a contact with Western world, uh, which is first physical uh, contact. So the uh, the difference of the skin, which is very very um, significant for Endo, because one of his first two. Uh, novellas, so fictional works were uh, "Shiroihito" and uh, "Kiroihito," so white man, yellow man. So he definitely he was very conscious about this otherness of the skin, and then we have different um, dimensions of otherness. As once as we start reading more and more his texts uh, throughout his life. You mentioned the uh, essays. Um, some of them have already been yes. translated. Yeah. Um, for other essays, um, if I understand correctly, you are the first to translate them. As first, I know. Yes, English. I don't want to sound it very uh, like self-indulging or. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the essay, this Ihojin no Kuno, was translated, and it was nineteen um, seventies, uh, as far as I remember. So uh, this was one of the few essays uh, that that it's also available in English. Uh, some parts were parts of the essays, uh, other texts, non-fictional texts were, of course, uh, available in other uh, in works written by other researchers like Professor Mark Williams, Professor Van Gessel, who are uh, who are the first to to, to translate also. And those novels, uh, but uh, as I know, the the focus on Endo's essay as as making them the 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 core of the analysis. This was my my book was the first one. Yes, you discuss the um, in chapter four. Yeah, um, you discuss uh, several of the uh, of the essays, and as you mentioned before, uh, you try to follow them chronologically. So you start, for example, you discuss yeah. notes on Satan, yes. which was published in sixty eight, and then on seeing Auschwitz concentration camp yeah. from seventy seven, uh, evil, the instinct of death from nineteen eighty five, and uh, and so on and so forth, and um, they all focus on. Um, Evil. Yes. Um, the the title of, of, of the chapter is The Writer's Cogito Evil as the Central Problem. Yes. But at the same time, um, when you do your, um, when you talk about the um, Endo's essay about Auschwitz, yeah. the concentration camp there, you also talk about hope. Yes, this is, this is, this is, this is, important. And again, this, this comes from, from this, you know, what happens in, in, contemporary critical thought, because we have to remember we're dealing with the contemporary writer. So, uh, and in a way, he, in in this essay, I guess he tries to also respond to how critical thought, contemporary thought, I don't know to what extent he was familiar with Hannah Arendt, for example, or with with, uh, Emmanuel Levinas. I've never come across these names within his text. But I guess he might have been familiar. He might have been heard. And of course, this hope happened, is 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 um, mentioned here because he also um, uh, tells us about the story of Maximilian Kolbe, the, the priest, the uh, who was later made saint, who sacrificed his life for another prisoner in in Auschwitz concentration uh, camp. And definitely, Endo tries to uh, not only define what what evil is, but he tries to also uh, draw our attention to another side, which is hope, the race of hope, which he uses this term in his own own essay. Um, so uh, I guess that this might, uh, I don't know, when you we were reading, did it, did it make you, were you surprised that actually his attention is not on purely on, on what we would expect evil or um, evil doing in a 
in the condition of Auschwitz concentration camp. But suddenly there appears this, uh, the way we do in spite of evil, these actions that actually show uh, this uh, possibility of, of uh, overcoming evil in a place where, as I even say, and this is, this is also from Ando's text, uh, where death keeps watch. So there's, we can't escape evil, but at the same time, there is this peculiar form of hope. When, um, when I was reading this chapter, I had this um, constant feeling that um, Endo, as you were saying, he's on the one hand talking about this uh, omnipresence of yes. uh, evil, but at the same time, uh, he uh, focuses, he, he stresses the fact that um, human beings also act um, in defiance of yes. this uh, omnipresent evil, and they're not there, um, they happen at the same time, they're simultaneous. Yes. And you, you can basically not have one without the other. Yeah, that's that's probably the, the, the this is a slightly different essay if you if you look at because endo is not we we don't have us in comparison to other essays where endo uh, is talking about uh, specific writers or what he's reading what his thoughts are about uh, uh, certain uh, literary movements or philosophical movements he's physically there so this is also very important from the perspective of how he approaches this problem so he goes to Poland he was in in 19 late 1970s he went to Poland and he had this chance and even when you read the essay Essay, at the beginning of essay, it it starts with this um, with his um, dilemma whether to go or not. He has a guide there who apparently is a survivor uh, of Auschwitz concentration camp. So this is also interesting to see how Endo reads in a different way uh, Auschwitz as another text. Um, so um, uh, yes, I, I guess this 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 text. Um, stands out from from the rest of of um, essays I chose. This was probably one of the most difficult texts as well to make it more coherent with other uh, essays. Okay, uh, and this is actually uh, in your discussion of this uh, essay, essay um, by Endo Shusaku. Yeah. I had the feeling that uh, this is where you actually um, use uh, a lot. Of references to philosophy, you, you mentioned Hannah Arendt. Yes, I did. Yes, and... yes, because it, well, again, this was because when you when why Hannah Arendt? Well, because she uh, she's the author of Banality of Evil, and then what happens in Endo's essay? Again, there's a very very similar, or you can definitely see uh, the reference, not necessarily the references, but the similarity to this notion of banality of evil. In Endo's essay, he's also wondering, so how possible how how was it possible that people so sophisticated who were who loved music, who loved culture, uh, were able to make uh, such evil in concentration camp. Um, when Hannah Arendt was writing about uh, Eichmann, because I quote also her her uh, um, text about uh, her report, she was also stunned about, stunned by his, how calm he was. There was nothing you could say that he was evil from, from the appearance even. And that's why I mentioned here, I did this uh, sort of um, parallel between the way Endo is stunned by this contradictions or something that he could not understand, that he knows about uh, guards, people who are responsible for evil in, in, in Auschwitz. He knows that what happened there, but at the same time, these were very people who had families, uh, who had normal life. So how is it possible this is this is something that remains on a question on a level of question. Of course, he doesn't he doesn't provide us with any answer, but he draws this picture of something that is irreconcilable, you know, he uh, unconceivable, even from for uh, after so many years. So that's why. And then, there's, as you mentioned, there is also Levinas. This uh, the notion of this face of the other that was very important, which is mentioned also by. 
about Porika in, in his analysis in time and narrative, Levinas appears as a very important point of reference for for um, Porika. Hence, my so reference to this in this chapter. When you uh, draw your conclusions about the uh, the problem of evil in yeah. um, in Doshusaku's works, um, you you state that it's um, in many cases linked to the cultural context of, yes. the, of the Christian faith, uh, to uh, Western culture, um, specifically to the idea of otherness. Uh, yes. You mentioned yeah. the fact that he keeps referring to himself yeah. as an ihojin, yes. an other. Yeah. Um, and you also identify three forms or figures yeah. of uh, otherness. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more. About yes. So let me let me figures uh, of that. Yes. So um, I think I treated it's uh, otherness in in the whole project uh, because I I apply this um, hermeneutic approach to 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 Endo Shusaku. Uh, I think that the otherness gives rise to, to thought and it's 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 something that was constantly appears and and returns within his within his um uh, texts and not only because of the methodology i applied but also it's 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 something it's a notion that and he himself touches upon in uh from the very beginning of his um of his writing uh so yes yeah, so this, this as i said so this first form of of otherness was definitely the the uh, the presence of team of evil when he rec- recognized within the Western uh, uh, literature, and it was also very important for him uh, to 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 sort of. Um, uh, how to say um, link with, as I mentioned, physicality, the different uh, way he uh, looks as a Japanese person, and was very very aware of that. So not only the otherness of the text, uh, but also the otherness that was especially experienced. And there are quite interesting comments, testimonies by Endo, how he felt as a Japanese. And also we have to remember this is something that uh, I haven't explored, but. Uh, he does make reference to himself as a Japanese, uh, also in post-war conditions. So he did have this um, uh, experience of being not only Japanese in in, in in France, but also this burden, this war uh, burden was very important. Um, so this this first form of uh, experience of otherness, it's a very, you know, it's the experience, the the. Uh, encounter with the world of uh, Western world. And then as I write, we have uh, another uh, otherness, uh, is the uh, otherness that um, I quote here, um, is the, um, as I call, and if I may read from the book, that will be much, much better for um, these um, uh, for the moment. Uh, otherness as the narration of the other who functions as the interlocutor at the level of discourse and as an antagonist uh, and as a uh, protagonist at the level of interaction. So this is more what happens within Endo's text already. So when he initiates his writing, uh, he confronts different ways of otherness. So here's his otherness, but there's constantly the otherness of of the Western texts he uh, he indicates he he includes in his own writing, and there's finally there's this first third figure of otherness, um, and this is the most as I even write here the most difficult to to capture the most difficult to define the otherness of conscience, um, and as I write in my book uh, the sources of this figure of otherness derive from the intervening of various factors. So we have uh, the figure of otherness, maybe the source of injection. Uh, It may be an appeal coming from the other, uh, or it may be related to the figure of uh, the living God. We have to also remember that uh, I do not give any specific conclusion when it comes to the whole project and to what extent we have. uh, We definitely can recognize these two first two forms of otherness in Endo's writing. Whereas when it comes to the third one, I guess as much as Endo 
we have to leave this on a level of question. Endo doesn't define evil. He doesn't say what evil is. No, he only knows that this is enigma from the beginning, but all it leaves him on the level of aporia at the end. That's why there are no conclusions also within his essays. This is actually one of the things that I really yeah. enjoyed about your, your <laughs> book. Uh, there's no um, definite conclusion. No. You actually end the book uh, with the quote. Yes, from this, yes, from... It's from, an open... Uh, it is open topic because, uh, as I say, this is... Uh, uh, this quote, uh, um, Endo says, it's... Uh, I'm, uh, yes, haunted by uneasiness and uh, anxiety. Yeah, so he's, he's constantly... Um, he knows that this will not... And this question will be something that will um, have to he'll have to come back. It's 1967 when he writes this word, uh, these words, and um, in in uh, 1980s he returns also in 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 the essay which I translated, "Evil: The uh, as, uh, the um, uh, Essence of Evil." Uh, he knows that when he reads certain novel, especially the novel uh, by Francois Mauriac, he notes that he has never finished reading this book. This is the book that mediates. This is the book that he uses as a source for his understanding, one of the m- most important sources for him. And he says that uh, I'm, I may never be able to finish this book. Uh, so yes, I had to, I think that was my my uh, main uh, objective to also in accordance with, with Paul Ricoeur's that one interpretation, uh, it tr- triggers, it opens new interpretation. Uh, and Endo is doing exactly the same because I treat him as a typical uh, hermeneutical interpreter uh, within his essays. Okay. Um, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> we're um, actually uh, only have a couple of, um, of minutes left. And um, I wanted to ask you about... Um, What's next for you? Okay, your future so project. It, it's it's not actually well. Uh, it's not because next you, because uh, we we were just talking about how this book um, doesn't really end. There's it an doesn't open end. ending there. So no. is there? A, there is a continuation, but uh, and uh, let me let me tell you a couple of words about what I'm doing right now because we are at Sofia University, and the reason why I'm here is because uh, I'm currently a recipient of the Japan Foundation Fellowship, and I'm working on my new project, the Eye in the Making, I as Watashi, uh, rethinking Japanese shishosetsu in a global age. So this is my new project, and hopefully it will turn into a book. Uh, I have a certain deadlines to meet, so uh, hopefully it will also motivate me. So what I'm working at the moment, uh, this is also something that came up when I was working on uh, on Endo Shusako on the topic of evil. Um, the continuation is, of course, the problem of subject and subjectivity. But I'm focusing on Japanese novel, I novel, Shishosetsu, as a case study. So what I'm doing is, um, I would like to, my, my new project centers around the problem of subject and subjectivity in contemporary Japanese fiction. But I selected post-war writers from Dazai Osamu, Oeken Zaburo, Endo Shusaku, Murakami Haruki, and also the group of so-called translingual writers, so like uh, Mizumura Minae, Tawada Yoko, in order to um, uh, explore the way the problem of I uh, is depicted or is explored in their uh, in their texts, and uh, it doesn't mean that I treat all these writers as I novel or shishosetsu writers. No, this is this is the project that uh, aims at of also to redefine the the genre, which is very difficult to define even for the Japanese. But also I would like to, what I would like to do is very important is this global age. So what studies in world literature, global literature, how they can uh, help us redefine the notion of self-subjectivity and I within Japanese literature. And I'm, of course, uh, trying to, to make uh, certain comparisons between between the writers. So, and uh, it's partly, it's this 
the many parts, which aspects which I couldn't explore within my book. But I'm trying to look at, as I said, that's a Osamu, so the eye in disguise. Then we have, for example, Murakami Haruki, who has this globalized notion of eye. We have Endo Shusaku eye in confrontation with the otherness of the West. Um, so um, yeah, this is like this joint uh, joint project when it comes to the, the selection of the writers. Um, I'm also hoping that this will be uh, interesting uh, maybe for teaching materials uh, for uh, students interested in, in uh, not only Japanese shishosets, but life writing narratives, which is something that um, constantly or especially currently we, we are dealing with in the literary studies. So what is this? Uh, so many people are writing autobiography, um, and this I think that this could contribute to this uh, notion of I within uh, literature. So that's in a very, very short uh, explanation. So what I'm doing right now, it's exactly this. So you project. are still... Um in a sense, working on um, English. Only, yes, like definitely, yes. But, um, I ex- yes, broader, expanded, expanded um, my my um, uh, my perspective into especially the notion. I'm also trying to apply not only Porrico's notion of 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 uh, subject subjectivity uh, with the application of uh, his uh, narrative te- theory, which wasn't possible or not to such an extent when I was working on this particular project. But I'm also using like a Philippe Lejeune's uh, definition of autobiography. Then we have uh, Paul John Eakin's notion of uh, uh, autobiography within the fiction on how fiction uh, uh, can be merged with with autobiography. But it's also important to to engage Japanese voices. So, So what happens right now currently within the so-called shishosetsu uh, studies in Japan and to what extent they are not only limited to, to, to the Japanese writers but also uh, treated as for example more uh, inter uh, or how to say uh, cross-cultural uh, phenomena uh, so definitely that's that's something I'm, I'm, I'm want to do so it's very important this global age so how does this understanding of the self in Japanese literature change uh, when we apply this uh, global studies which are very popular right now okay uh, thank you so much Justina um, good luck with the well thank you so new, much it was a pleasure project. to talk to you I hope um <laughs> You meet all the deadlines. <laughs> I well, I'm hoping. Yes, I'm very well. Uh, I've already. Uh, I'm here since. Um, I've been here since the uh, first uh, October, and I feel that I've moved okay. a lot. So, Perfect. Thank <laughs> so you. I'm actually looking forward to your uh, next book, and hopefully, we can also talk about um, your next book when. Uh, oh, when it comes thank out. you so much. Thank you. That motivates me even more right now to 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 finish everything on time. Thank you so much for for having me and for this opportunity to share with you and with the listeners about my project. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, everybody, uh, this was um, our interview with uh, Yusina Veronika uh, Kasha, uh, who is the author of Hermeneutics of Evil in the Works of Endo Shusaku, Between Reading and Writing, uh, which was published in 2016 by uh, Peter Lang. Thank you so much, uh, Yusina, and good you. luck. Thank you so much. Thank you.